Let us pray together. Dear God, we are so grateful for your gift of Jesus, your radiant light who dispels the dark gloom of all our sin and darkness. As we now reflect upon your holy word, shine anew in our hearts and in our lives. We pray this through Christ. Amen. So last month, Leah Schrock came and sought me out before worship. This seven-year-old, one of our little resident theologians, had just seen a life-size nativity out in the community. And she had some questions for me about the three wise men. Why did one of them have darker skin than the other two? And where did these guys come from, and who exactly were they? One of the wonderful things about stories in Scripture is their great power, the great power that they have to capture our imagination, first of all, as children. And today's story, boy, it's a, it's a good one, isn't it? Magi following a star, trekking across hundreds of miles with treasure chests. I love that one. Treasure chests full of frankincense, incense, uh, gold, and myrrh. And then, as we get older... As we move through life, we are invited to discover the ever deeper treasures, the ever deeper mysteries that are found in these stories. This past week, I was delighted to realize that Matthew has written down our story for us today in such a way that it contains, in many ways, the whole gospel in miniature. So let's just take a little bit of time this morning to notice how the good news is hidden right here in this story before our eyes. Our story begins with six bone-chilling words that we are often inclined to miss. In the time of King Herod, contemporary equivalent, in the time of the Dark Lord Voldemort. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Herod, he's the ruthless and feared puppet king of the occupying Roman Empire. And he's more than willing to kill anybody. Rivals, even his own sons, even his own wives, plural. A whole village later, anyone who gets in the way of Herod having his way. 
As we heard in Isaiah, our story begins in a land covered in darkness, shrouded by the empire's toxic gloom of fear and domination and greed. That's how this story begins. But then in verse 2, we catch the first glimmer of light. A star, a star dancing in the night. And magi, Gentile, Gentile stargazers from the east follow its path across the dome of the sky until it finally brings them to Jerusalem. These magi then announce to the alarmed and terrified Herod, paranoid Herod, that they've come in search of a child-born king of the Jews. Say what? There's only one king around here of the Jews. And we all know who his name is. Herod. You see, from the get-go, don't miss this. Matthew is telegraphing us something crucial. Our world may be dominated by mighty kings and rulers, but the people of God are to seek first another kingdom. Another king. Herod now quickly sends for the temple's priests And scribes, where is the Messiah to be born? Jerusalem, right? All of God's plans for making Israel great again center on Jerusalem, right? No. No. And the scribes must have said that shaking in their sandals. The Messiah won't be born in Jerusalem. He's going to be born in Bethlehem, nine miles south. You know, that's like arriving here in Lancaster City and still needing to travel nine more miles down all the way to Mardikville or Conestoga by camel. That's a short trip in your car, a little longer by camel. This newborn king will only be found by those being willing to be disoriented and then reoriented to a place nine miles away from where they expect. And just as surprisingly, this child will be born to a young mother who is engaged but not yet married. Sleeping in a manger. That's a food trough, dear friends. In my adulthood, I finally learned that a manger isn't a nice bed. It's a food trough. Visited by lowly shepherds a family who will be soon fleeing as refugees to faraway Egypt. J.R.R. Tolkien, 
the British author, says that every great story has a turn. A turn where light begins shining in the darkness, where we're suddenly ambushed by joy. And we need ambushing. Amen? As our magi head down to Bethlehem now, as our storyline turns strange and astonishing, Matthew is telegraphing us that God, God has now taken hold of the storyline. Because nobody else would have dreamed of this storyline. And surprising turns, Tolkien turns, in this child story will keep on coming when this child becomes an adult. Don't look for Jesus in the west wings of power, but on dusty roads, preaching from a little boat, breaking bread with broken people. And then on a cross, with his arms spread out, reaching to the whole world. Arriving in Bethlehem, verse 11, the Magi finally find their newborn king, as we saw here so beautifully, cradled in Mary's arms. They are ambushed by joy. (laughs) Did you hear that? the joy that they are filled with, and they fall to their knees in awe and reverence. Dear friends, for those who have eyes to see, this child is God's power made perfect in weakness And vulnerability. This child is God so loving our world, falling in love with us, and taking on our human flesh, sharing our our human life so that we might in turn share in the beautiful life. Of God. Divine love, never forget this, has a special fondness for incarnation. It's never virtual. It loves, God's love needs to be embodied. Love to the loveless shown that we might lovely be. And isn't there something about the way these magi come to Jesus that just speaks to us of God's amazing grace? No need for earning. No need for being good enough or worthy enough. Ever struggle with that? No, no, no. Like the magi, 
All we have to do is fall down on our knees and receive this child, receive this grace with open hands and grateful hearts. Later, the good news about Jesus, it's going to go global to all the nations, even to faraway places like Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Didn't start here. But in our story today, did you notice that all the nations through these magi first come to Jesus? Matthew is sending us another telegraph. All who come to Jesus like this magi will be awakened from their sad dream of separation from each other. In Jesus' dawning kingdom, there will be no more strangers. Everybody will be neighbors. And already at his birth, the birth of of our Lord Jesus, we see our world's dividing walls, walls of hostility beginning to come tumbling down. Down, not up. Remember that when you open your newspaper this afternoon. Finally, in verse 12, Matthew wants to send us one last telegraph. The Magi, they go home by another road. You see, after we give Jesus the password to our hearts... He begins to take hold of the storyline of our lives. Our life stories become strange and delighting and delightful. His love begins to seek expression and embodiment in our own lives as well. Love to other loveless people shown that they too might lovely be. And like the Magi, like the Magi, this will lead us to return home by a very, very different road. Amen.